Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. I said to the folks at 8 o'clock, remember that story of Yertle the Turtle where it says it's turtles all the way down? Well, about the next four or five weeks, it's bread all the way down in the gospel. So I'm going to leave that for Becky for next week. Today I want to talk about stories. As some of you know, I'm headed off to Chautauqua Institute on Tuesday to be the Episcopal chaplain. And each week in Chautauqua there is a theme. And the theme of the week when I will be serving there is about stories. About our American story, our memories, and now you know as much as I know. But I know it's about stories. Um, One of the exciting pieces, uh, which I've also shared with some of you, is that I found out last week that Brian Stevenson is going to be one of the speakers the week that I'm there. So he's the author of the book Just Mercy that many of us have been reading. So I'm very excited about that little serendipitous encounter that I hope to have and the selfie to go along with it, I hope. More to come. So one one of the most interesting and refreshing stories that I have encountered in the last couple of weeks is a new film that many of you have seen called Won't You Be My Neighbor? Raise your hand if you've seen it. Okay, not too many. So for those of you who haven't seen it yet, I promise I will not spoil it. It's a movie about Fred Rogers, who was born in 1928. He was trained as a musician and then ordained as a Presbyterian pastor after seminary. And Fred's congregation had a very long ministry. His congregation from 1966 until 2001 was pretty much anybody who was alive in the United States during that second half of the 20th century. Because Fred Rogers, of course, is the producer and the star of the show Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which aired on PBS. The film is a documentary about Fred, but it's also about us, right? Because anyone who was a child during that time, or who had a child, or a grandchild, or a niece, or a nephew, you know who he is. Fred talked us through the very real dangers and experiences of the second half of the 20th century. Cold War, the space race, Vietnam, the Cuban Missile Crisis, assassinations, and he even did a show at the very end of the run of the the program on 9-11. Throughout it all, Fred sought to build up confidence in young children letting them know that each one of us is precious and unique, while showing us also what it means to be a good neighbor to one another. Now, of course, this is public television, right? So there was no mention of God, no mention of the dignity of every human being, but it was displayed. So Fred told his stories and showed through the lens of his life and his ministry to millions and millions of people God's love 
So the film is well worth the 90 minutes and the 15 bucks. When I went with my sister in Lexington a couple of weeks ago, as the credits rolled and the lights started to come up, nobody in the theater moved. We all sat there, crying, because the film captured so many reminders, so many truths, simple and not so simple, about our lives. That's what a good story does, right? It reflects and refracts the events and the people in different ways. When we can see our lives and the events around us with a variety of lenses from the perspective of others, we have a hope of seeing more clearly than we can see if we're looking simply through our own eyes. That's why you will usually hear me say in a funeral homily that everyone in the congregation should make a point to tell their story about the deceased to the family. For even the people who knew them best may not know something about how you knew them, what experience you shared. But the picture of anyone's life is always bigger and more complicated than what we think we know about them. One of the reasons we're reading Brian Stevenson's book, Just Mercy, this summer is because he tells a good story. He tells a good story about himself as a lawyer, and he tells really powerful stories about people who are incarcerated, many of whom on death row in the book. They're stories about the justice system, and they're stories which reflect and refract on our lives as well. So stories are really important. In today's reading from 2 Samuel, we have the continuation of last week's juicy drama, right? When King David took Bathsheba for himself and then found a way to have her husband Uriah killed in battle. By the time we get to today's reading, Bathsheba has borne the child that she conceived with David in that tryst and is now one of his wives living in his house. And today we get a new character in the story, right? Nathan, the prophet. Kings almost always had a prophet living in their house. The prophet was supposed to be the person who would whisper in the king's ear and try to hold up a mirror and show them something different. But Nathan, knowing the whole story, doesn't just judge or shame, or say some sort of typical prophet-like things, he tells David a story, right? About a man who steals a poor man's beloved sheep. Nathan must have been a really good storyteller, because David's completely engaged in the story, right? He gets to the part about the the rich man taking the poor man's sheep, and David is horrified. He's horrified, and he says, what that man has done, he deserves to die. Can you just imagine Nathan thinking, okay, how long can I wait for the punchline, right? 
wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. You are the man. (sighs) That's how good a story it was. It reflected back David's actions so he could see himself differently. The lectionary very wisely gives us David's pain-filled lament in Psalm 51, right after this reading. So we see David, the great king, a human, just like us, asking for God's mercy. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Give me the joy of your saving help again. Notice that little word again, right? Because David, like all of us, we're going to sin. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to hurt people. We're going to only see things through our own lens and forget about our neighbors. But in the psalm, we're given permission to ask over and over and over again for God's saving help, which he promises will come when we repent. These stories in the Bible are about us and about God and about us and God. We tell a particular part of the story each week right here around the table. The shorthand for it is, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. As we gather around to eat the bread and drink the wine that is Christ's body and blood, we are proclaiming that we live in this story in God's story. We are people of this story. We're part of that whole communion of saints and sinners from the beginning of time. What a story to be a part of. Now the world outside these walls most of the time tells a different story. Right now we seem to be in a period of time where people are telling stories intentionally to divide us rather than to bring us together. Fred Rogers' ministry, quiet, quirky, was all about the truth of God's love and about the importance of reconciliation. Fred lived in God's story and shared it with millions and millions and millions of people. The question for each of us is, how do we, how do our lives both reflect and refract in fresh and new ways the truth of God's love and God's mercy? Won't you be my neighbor? Let us be neighbors to everyone, to all of God's children. May it be so.